0: Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from TV2 Denmark's Meta Kunal Pettersen, SVT's Marcus Sturkey, Discovery's Axel Eriksson and TV4 Media's Catherine Wernick about their unscripted strategies and search for the next global hit format as part of C21's Content Nordics On Demand. (laughs) C21's Content Nordics On Demand wrapped last week. A virtual event exploring the TV production, broadcast, streaming and distribution sectors across the region through a series of one-on-one interviews, panel discussions and programme premieres. With unscripted formats getting a pandemic boost, execs from Nordic broadcasters revealed their content and acquisition strategies in the genre and how they're working to find the next global hit format. TV2 Denmark Acquisitions Executive Mette Kunal Pettersen SVT content strategist and European Broadcasting Union TV Committee Chair Marcus Sturkey, Discovery Vice President of Content and Programming Axel Erickson and TV4 Media Director of Acquisitions, Formats and Development Catherine Wiernick spoke to Clive Whittingham.
1: We're going to go around the room very quickly and just do an introduction to all of you. This is mainly for the international audience who are you and what are you doing here with a specific uh, emphasis on formats, what formats your, your channels will be known for? And Marcus, uh, I'm going to come to you for this skinny on SVT to start with.
2: Thank you. Uh, so SVT is the public service broadcaster in, in Sweden. Um, we ha- have uh, many great formats and have had over the years. I think the longest running one we have on air now is Antiques Roadshow but we've also been very successful with things like um, Taskmaster is probably the biggest success in the last couple of years that we've launched. We've also done uh, Culture Shock uh, Sweden, uh, which is a great format for us, and that's worked really, really well. Um, we do other other formats as well, but they're mainly in the field of, of family entertainment and studio-based entertainment. Uh, Catherine, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about TV4?
3: Well, um, I think we're mostly known for all the big, broad, established um, international formats. We've carried most of them. We're in our, you know, tenth, fifteenth, eighteenth series. In some, in some cases, it would be Idols. There's uh, Strictly Come Dancing is doing its sixteenth series this year. Also, we have Farmer Wants a Wife. Uh, it's also going on thirteenth series. Uh, we have the Master Chefs, uh, Bachelor. So I would say that we're mostly known format-wise for the big, bold water cooler shows uh, and uh, brands that we've established and curated and nurtured for, for over a decade by now. And recently, most recently, I really have to add, which I probably will mention later, but we've had huge success with the launch of Masked Singer just now. It has actually been the biggest premiere in TV4's history in consolidated numbers. So it's
4: been huge
3: and we're very pleased
1: about that meta the boilerplate for for tv2
4: yeah um well tv2 denmark is what we call a commercial public broadcaster so we are owned by the state but funded by subscription and advertisement we are the biggest broadcaster in denmark and currently have a family audience share of uh, 49% when it comes to the big international formats, we are known for programs like Strictly Come Dancing, which we I think we were the first one to commission outside of the UK. We have uh, X Factor, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Will Fortune, Best Singers, Race Across the World, Lego Masters, which we are just airing right now, Taskmaster, which is a huge success with us as well, Um, Says Who Dares Wins. Uh, the block, just to mention a few, and soon we are launching our own version of the Bachelor and, and also Five Guys a Week.
1: And, and last but by no means least, Axel, tell us a little bit about Discovery Nordics because it's it's a bit of an outlier in the Discovery family. It's not uh, necessarily the uh, Discovery Channel that we would understand it in in America, in the UK, and elsewhere. You, you do a lot more than that in the Nordics. Give us the give us the skinny on you guys.
5: Yeah, we we sure do. Uh, and, and as you said, we're a bit of an outlier. Uh, we we run we run businesses of course in, in in all of the Nordic markets. Uh, I work mainly with Sweden. I have to say so so in Sweden we have Channel Five, which is which is the second largest uh, commercial broadcaster. Uh, similarity, we, we we have the same setup basically in Norway with TV Norway uh, and and a similar setup in in Denmark and, and Finland. Uh, so so we have I mean broad general entertainment channels. Uh, we also uh, run of course Discovery Plus, uh, formerly known as Dplay. Uh, which has a relatively big footprint in the in the Nordics, and and we've seen an extra boost now when when we rebranded it as as Discovery plus. So, uh, so we are very much a general entertainer uh, across the Nordics. And the biggest formats uh, right now in Sweden, we have superstars as a classic classic sports formats, sports reality formats uh, that we, we've done many seasons of. X on the beach, of course, uh is big, big hit on, on Discovery+. And we recently launched a format called Head to Head. I think we talked about this in the panel before. Massive success. Uh, so that that's a couple of examples. But we're mainly also known for, for a lot of reality shows uh, and we have I mean we try to define ourselves as as real life entertainment which goes I mean that's glo- global. Uh, global position, but also it 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 really fits good with with the content we have as well.
1: As we begin to look forward now into into 2021 and beyond, how would you describe your strategy coming coming to Meta? How would you describe your strategy looking forwards? Are you thinking almost smaller, more domestic shows? Are you wary of of formats with travel, like Race Across the World, or tropical locations like The Bachelor? Are, are you thinking sort of more smaller and domestic? Talk to me about your strategy for commissioning and acquiring formats looking forwards.
4: Yeah. Um, So what we've learned from 2020 is definitely that when something like this hit you, you have to kind of get into the state of mind of your viewers. We saw that people didn't really want just to watch a movie. They didn't really just want a classic entertainment show. They wanted something that felt like we were creating a sense of community for them. So that is definitely one thing we are taking with us Going forward, we can also see that um, there's a need for feel-good content, um, something that offers escapism in a fun and lighthearted way. There's definitely also room for serious agenda-setting documentaries, and we see a boost in our news coverage every day, so that is also still very important. But uh, we definitely, we definitely going more feel-good uh, in in the programs we're commissioning right now. Um, and we can see that there's a tendency to sit together at home and, and wanting things that they can play along or guess along. So things like Taskmaster and Master Singer is definitely formats that are working right now. I wouldn't say we are thinking smaller and more domestic. Um, we've always had a good mix of small, more local uh, programs and then the big international, uh, more um, uh, Extreme formats, and I think we'll we'll continue with that. We are not we're not frightened to to pick up a format that means we have to do uh, to produce it uh, in other countries. We are very eager to start um, a producing series two of Race Across the World, and we are hoping, fingers crossed, that we are able to do that in the autumn. And as I said, we were able to shoot The Bachelor, of course, again, uh, taking all the restrictions into consideration in Greece in in the autumn. So, yeah, I think um, I wouldn't say it's uh, back to business and, and everything is normal because we are still thinking about restrictions but it's definitely there's light at the end of the tunnel i would say
1: axel discovery nordics looking forward your your strategy are you a cautious or, or optimistic business as usual how's the commissioning and acquisitions strategy and formats for you guys
5: looking forward optimistic in one word I, 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 the, the i mean basically this this might sound weird but but it hasn't really changed our strategy uh, at all i mean it's we, of course we have to we have to adapt but i mean uh, on an overall level, we're still looking for for the best best content, the best shows that can pull the biggest possible audience. So that, that's that, that's what we do, and that hasn't changed. Uh, but I think what has changed is is the the need for for as you were in talking about Matt as well, the need for content, the need for I mean, the audience looking for for something to to gather around. And I think that's that's a great opportunity for us, and and we've launched a l- number of new shows this year that has went. Really, really good. So I think the appetite for for new content, for new shows, has, has really uh, exceeded. So, so it's it's. I mean, it's a great opportunity uh, for our industry, I would say. Uh, but again, the strategy itself, it's it's the same. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Catherine, TV, TV4, tv looking forwards, how are you guys playing it?
3: Since we really didn't adjust our strategy during COVID as well, I would say there is no change. And just as they're saying, the appetite out there is huge. Uh, so many of our new shows that we launched, both at the end of 2020, but now that we've launched this spring, have been such huge successes. And recently, I, if I would say a year and a half ago that that was the truth, I would you know doubt myself because it's the hardest thing ever today is to launch new titles. To stick out, the competition is fierce, To make things relevant, surprising, buzzworthy, uh, those are keywords. You know, it's not about whether the the show needs to be huge or small. It's about how to stick out, how to make yourself interesting and relevant, both in the little but also in the big. So it's equally difficult to find a way to communicate something and to, to break through as it is to find that new successful format. Um, so it is more complex, but our strategy is the same. We need big, bold water cooler shows. We, you know, we still need to nurture our linear, our linear share as well as, you know, aggressively building our ad and vod viewing. And we need to do it in a balanced way on both fronts and use both windows or a whole ecosystem. System, I would say, since we carry ADVOT, nsword, and, and linear. Um, but no, um, it really needs to stick out. So it's, I would say it's in the heart of the show. The content needs to be better and bolder and more surprising and more qualitative than ever. Um, whether it's small or big,
1: um, Marcus SVT Sweden Strategy. Yeah. Looking forward for you guys. Small domestic things. No audiences, or uh, <laughs> no. Am I, I think being pessimistic. Uh, uh, no,
2: yeah. Well, I think I think uh, Sweden and and the Nordics in in general are uh, really experienced the biggest change a couple of years ago, rather than as a result of COVID, and that is the increase in online viewing. Uh, for SVT, it's meant that we now commission everything for our VOD service, SVT uh, SVT Play, um, and and my way of looking at formats uh, has really changed over the last five years. What what I would say was a, a brilliant show for SVT then maybe a tenth, if that, of those shows uh, would be okay today because the competition is so fierce. And, and I think that it's especially hard to find um, entertainment shows that work well uh, in the online uh, format, in the online world. And I think for us, Taskmaster has been a godsend in that way because it's actually been a, a huge success online for us. And, and uh, people come back to it and watch it over and over again. So so to me, uh, the change has, has not really, um, the COVID hasn't really caused that. It's been other issues that have been working over over a longer period of time.
3: Yeah, and I, I just wanted to add, if I could, the fact that we're actually, I mean, whether we're, we're afraid or weary to go abroad or not, we are already in Greece now shooting Bachelor, but of course in a completely different costume and bubble than we would have done, you know, 18 months ago as far as COVID safety goes. Uh, we will hopefully maybe go back to 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 some tropical island would survive this summer, and so we won't back down. And I think yeah. you know, with with the coming year, also hopefully the world is also vaccine proof, et cetera. So. So that's not the big issue. But I agree with you, Marcus, that it's really about the digital first focus and managing to, you know, migrate uh, the format universe and success and, and pull through into the VOD platform that is, I think, all of our biggest challenge and task forward. Mm-hmm. That's the new part.
2: And, and also, also there are differences in, ter- in types of formats and in genres that work well online. I mean, we've been running Meredith First Sight uh, as an online entity for seven or eight seasons now, and it works really, really well. Uh, it, it hardly performs at all in, the, in broadcast, but online, it, it's targeting the right audience. And so, so there, th- that shift has been there for a long time.
1: VOD strategy was was on the list of talking points. Anyway, lower down, let's bump it up as soon as it has come up now. Uh, are all of you commissioning VOD first? Obviously, Axel, you've got Discovery Plus now, yes. and uh, Marcus and Catherine, you've, you've mentioned your strategy there. I'll go through the panel again. Do you commission for, for online first and linear second? And how does that work with formats? Because particularly live formats, uh, they seem to work better on, on a linear broadcaster traditionally. It's been a, problem for for netflix and and the big streaming giants to crack live formats maybe your linear channels hold an advantage in that Talk to me a little bit about uh, your VOD strategies. I'll stick with um, with Marcus and and Catherine for start, and, that, and then come to to you, Axel. Seeing as Catherine and Marcus have already touched on it, is it is it digital first for SVT, Marcus, and how does that work with formats?
2: Yeah, no, it's digital first, definitely, and 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 that includes formats, of course. Um, um, we we still maintain our our linear channels but I really don't think that we today would commission an entertainment show that doesn't have potential for online viewing as well. Um, so so that goes without saying, I mean, um, and, and it's really a question of understanding how the audience behaves in the online world. So, so uh, for SVT, um, we've been saying, Uh, for many years now that in Sweden if you're 60 and and younger you will be going to your VODs first and if you don't find anything you might switch on a a linear channel if you're 60 and over you go to your linear channels if you don't find anything you go to your VODs so so it's really really a huge part and and um, yeah it's a challenge for entertainment but Hey, um, and creative challenges is what this business is all about. And if we manage to get through pandemic, I'm sure we will come up with new formats that are suitable for online, also in in the entertainment world. I would say that reality shows tend to work really well uh, online as well. Uh, so, so I think that you know the the the, the more entertaining side, of, you know, dating reality, etc almost fulfills the role of entertainment in in the VOD world. Uh, so maybe we've seen what we can do with the big live shows, and now we need to broaden our, our perspective onto the, these other genres that work online instead.
1: Catherine, TV, TV4. Like I said, that that big sort of shiny floor live entertainment thing is something that Netflix have, have dabbled in and, and haven't been able to succeed with. If you are commissioning sort of digital first, how do, how does that work for, for TV4?
3: Oh, I, I mean, I agree completely with Marcus because obviously there is a roof. I would say still the big shows like Strictly and MasterChef, etc., and all those. I mean, they do not MasterChef isn't live, but you know Strictly Come Dancing or so They're still big on VOD. They're not big enough, maybe. And we still, you know, uh, we we struggle with the challenge of making them excel, you know, or increasing in the VOD space, and that could be spin-offs or extra shows or more content, you know, extending the brands. Uh, I'd say the exception is actually Masked Singer because that is huge uh, VOD viewing as well, both on our S-VOD as well as on our ad VOD. but in general, that might not be the classical genre that will, you know, spike on our VOD services because it is so big in the linear. We're, of course, a commercial broadcaster. We still need those big, huge shows in the linear. And the best of the best is when, you know, they both pull each other and where, where they become big in the totality. But reality is really, really key. What we see is, and what we've done with a lot of our brands is, first of all, we strip them, you know, in an access Prime slot or something uh, that makes, force people in every day into our VOD platform. It's the farm, it's Survivor, it's Bachelor. We have, instead of 20, we've done doubled the amount to 40 episodes with two bachelors. We would of a bachelorette this year. We'll have 60 episodes sitting there. And also then we have the Women Tell All, all the spinoffs that are VOD exclusive. And they are actually the huge VOD consumption um, brands. Or we have Gränslandet, which is the other beach or whatever, who leaves, doesn't really leave Survivor. The, the parallel universe of the farm, it's Torpet, Et cetera, et cetera. and that's how we extend the universe time spent and the ecosystem that goes around we're still very much in need of the linear window because it does actually even if the, if, if the viewing is smaller and we we let it in on a smaller channel uh on One, you know at 7:30 or something it still drives consumption into the vod so sort of both windows are very important today it's harder to just launch something on the vod platform Um, And um, so, so, you know, saying that I think reality is key in our VOD strategy onward, maintaining building. We also add volume by, uh, you know, acquiring all the international versions of the farm or farmer wants a wife or survivor bachelor to expand the universe and force people, force, give people more of what they love. Um, So that's a way to bring depth into the service. Uh, with reality. But, you know, we do that as well. We try hard, as Marcus said, to to extend the universe with our live formats as well. But it is a bit of a, it it, it is still a bit of a struggle uh, to finding the perfect. One thing I need to add that I think we're seeing a shift in from our end is that today we can still justify a slightly less linear pool in some shows uh, in a super prime slot if it drives excellent numbers in our ad VOD. For example, SAS Who Dares Wins. It is a slightly more niche show, which we knew when we commissioned it, but we needed to give it a strong linear window. And we accept the fact that it doesn't bring in the huge numbers because in totality and on our top list from the VOD, it's, it's very big. And I would say that wouldn't be a given a few years ago. So we're actually very much into the VOD first. We cannot commission anything that doesn't have a big VOD potential. Um, and that is, you know, we're migrating, our whole purpose now is to migrate all of TV4 and the whole brand into TV4 Play. You know, it needs to be the same. There needs to be no boundaries in a few years' time.
1: Axel, uh, subscribe to Discovery Plus myself this week uh, purely to watch your uh, Estonia documentary, um, cool. which I enjoyed very much and been. In one night, uh, from a format's point of view, uh, how has Discovery Plus, which launched in January, uh, changed uh, the commissioning game for you?
5: Yeah, uh, I think this is a super interesting topic, and and I think, I mean, as, as Marcus and, and Catherine said, I mean, we, we also focus on what first, of course. Uh, what, what tends to work best is, is, if I put it, I mean, the, the kind of more organic, non formatted formats, and reality. Uh, is of course, I mean, the the, the top list consists almost mainly of, of reality scripted content, of course, as well. I mean, we we have cre- had great success with with scripted uh, comedy, re- relation comedy, uh, recent month, and and what one example of a format is is uh, how to buy a baby uh, that 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 we adapted, uh, been a tremendous success for us. Uh, so so I mean. Those kind of general formats, general entertainment formats, tend to perform less good uh, on on VOD, but on the other hand, they still performs really good on linear, and that's the balance. I mean, we it's as I think Catherine said. I mean, still that's an important revenue stream for us. It's an important reach driver, and it's also an important window to 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 transform the viewers from from linear to to VOD. So. I mean, we we absolutely commission with with VOD as in in our focus, but we can't really drop uh, the linear uh, focus uh, in in full yet. And and again, I mean, it's also it's also an opportunity to to reach extra on VOD. I mean, and, and and that example with Who Dares Wins, uh, we've seen that as well. We we launched shows on 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 VOD first exclusively. A couple of months after, we we we've had a linear window, and the VOD uh, numbers have improved. So, so, it's really, I mean, it's it's coexisting and it's building each other in in, in a very interesting way. So, uh, but but again, I mean the the, the more authentic and uh, authentic stories with high stakes tends to works work really good on on VOD.
1: It's not just a case uh, for Discovery Plus of of pitching uh, local versions of American shows because obviously you have the huge library that comes from Discovery in America. I presume you're looking for for something different to that. I know it's Discovery picking up local format remakes to make it Attraction for uh, for Discovery Plus, which is not something I ever thought I'd I'd see Discovery uh, going in for. It, it's not. Just American version. You seem to be in the in the market for 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 European formats for that service.
5: Yes, uh, naked attraction is a massive hit in Finland. It's a massive hit in Norway. Uh, so, so yeah, that's a, <laughs> for maybe obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, so so uh, yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. Uh, we're we're in the market for for, for that as well. Uh, and 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 I think that's that's really interesting. I mean we, we are a global service uh, with a massive and a great global global catalogue. Of great content, uh, but we also uh, are a local player with, with, with a great footprint and a great legacy from that. So, so I mean, we, we really, uh, hopefully, trying to be the best of, of, of both worlds.
1: Uh, my uh, my mum has recently got hit, hooked on uh, Naked Attraction and uh, sends me texts about it with pictures. I, you
3: know. I think uh, it's so funny.
1: The less uh, the less said about it, I think, the best at the moment. We're
3: too crude over here; we would yeah.
1: die. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody, if anybody wants. To uh, swap mums, then uh, then let me know. Um, <laughs> M- Meta TV to Denmark. Uh, this was a big part of our, our pre-call on on Monday. Your your digital-first uh, commissioning strategy. Um, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about.
4: It. Yeah. Well, it's very much the same as uh, what the rest of the guys are saying, that TV2 play comes first now. Everything we do, we do with a focus on it working on TV2 play. And of course, our linear channels are still very important to us, but we don't commission anything that doesn't also work on play. And then sometimes it works better than others, but it always have to have a play potential Um, but what I have to say is that actually at TV2Play we see that the live viewing and the on-demand viewing is half-half so live viewing is very important to us Um, and actually big events and live shows works quite well for us both on linear but also on streaming it's a way for a big broadcaster like us to kind of give viewers that sense of urgency that actually you have to watch it today because yes, you can see it on demand, but it won't be the same because you will already have seen in the news or on Instagram, all the funny clips and all of that. So I think we're definitely seeing more and more people also watching our live shows and live award shows and whatever we're doing, um, on TV2Play as well. Um, I think we have like four like main focuses that drives viewing on TV2 play. And of course, there will be a lot of sub-genres beneath that, but it's um first and foremost strong um, scripted drama, locally produced, preferable. Then there's reality shows, which is becoming a really big genre for us. We have news and current affairs um, that's also important for us on play. And that's especially where the live viewing comes in. Um, and strong documentaries in that category as well. And then we have the sport rights, which is also a big driver for, for live viewing. Um, I think when we commission for play-only um we definitely found out that we need something that can stand alone, make a big splash. You know, it, it has to be easy to sell on a title and on a, a picture. Um, you have other opportunities when it's on linear, but if you have to release it on play only, it really has to sell itself. Um, yeah, and then also we we have like, when we, we also um, commission more niche thing for play, something that for the younger viewers because we want we want content on tv2 play for all age groups so um we definitely um like the bachelor for example that would be um tv2 play only um production which will be that's a that's a big production for us to make a tv2 play only but um, we're sure it will bring in a lot of uh, new subscribers, uh, especially young people that would normally um, buy a subscription for t- to play.
1: I feel like this could be uh, be a panel by itself, but uh, I'm, I'm wary of the time, and I'm also wary of of throwing this next topic in just at the end and, and paying lip service to it because it has been what the biggest trend in, in television in 2020 and 2021, uh, apart from from COVID, and it's it's the issue of diversity. Uh, I'm acutely aware that um, it's it's a panel of of five white guys talking uh, talking about this. Um, but simply yeah. put, uh, simply put, and starting with with you, Meta, what measures and strategies do you guys have to improve diversity in front of and behind the camera um, at your broadcaster with your shows and also with the companies you work with? Let's uh, let's stick with you, Meta, TVT, Emma.
4: Yeah. Then, Well, this is such a big issue for us right now and something we take very seriously. We were actually last year hit by a second wave of Me Too in Denmark. And uh, we had um, some quite uh, scary cases here from TV2. um, And that resulted in a lot of people, not least women, coming out or coming forward, telling their stories about sexism and um, also a harsh uh, tone of voice and, and bad working environment in especially our news department. So that has um, resulted in a very major internal work on not least defining but also changing the work culture here at uh, TV2 Denmark. Um it includes, of course, the way we behave, uh, the tone of voice in our workplace, how to avoid sexism, uh, equality, not um, between men and women, and of course, also diversity. Um so this is an ongoing process and something we are, are working on so that we can create the best culture and the most healthy culture here at TV2. I think we have for not a long time, but well, a few years back already been focused on diversity. Uh, We always try to have diversity in our cast. You know, we want to cover all of Denmark, both geographically, but also uh, when it comes to social classes and ethnicity and all of that, we really need to have a broad um, range of people in our our programs. Uh, We also uh, really try to give airtime to People that are different, that doesn't necessarily look like everyone else or that are not afraid to um, to be who they are and tell us about it. So that's definitely also a focus and a way of creating diversity. And then um, we are always asking when we are commission and a production, we always ask to the gender distribution in the crew so that we are sure that it has both main, female and, you know, people from but but we have to be honest the tv business or the media business it we are very alike all of us so it is a major work we have to do and it it starts from within and then it goes out into our productions um and uh, so we also really need to take it seriously within our own um workplace and the way we um recruit new people and all of that so it's um it's a major it's a major thing and it's something that we are really focusing on
1: axel discovery Nordics specific measures that you guys are involved with to improve diversity in front of and behind the camera
5: uh, I think you put it really well Matt there I mean it's, it starts from from within it, 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 it starts with the company culture and 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 being aware of the society we're in and 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 how we reflect that. It's super high on our agenda. We 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 work with it every day. We talk about it every day. Uh, in, I mean, yes, we have protocols, uh, but, but but most important, I think, is about culture and and being aware of, of what we do, and 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 uh, we work hard with that. And I uh, I mean, and and done for for many years. Uh, and that goes for for what kind of content we do, uh, how 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 we. How we populate the shows in front of, behind, and and, and behind the camera. So it's uh, super important, uh, and 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 we we're working hard to to really reflect the society and 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 do it good. Catherine TV for Sweden.
1: What measures are, are you guys involved with to, to to tackle this issue, and and which areas of this issue specifically are you guys looking to improve?
3: No, I feel like Axel and I'm gonna like repeat myself if if I say the same thing because obviously it's not just for us, it's for everybody. It's a very important question. These days or today, even more than just a few years ago, given recent events and everything that's happened and and the, the, the issue being very high up on the agenda. Um, But of course we're, you know, very responsible. We talk about it a lot. TV4 has its own policies. telly our new owners have their policies. It's strict protocol in many ways. It's not always so easy to implement things. You know, the intentions are usually very, very good, Uh, but it's the implementation and and, and sort of the effort from each and every component in the chain of a production or a process or recruitment that actually counts in the end. Um, So the protocol might be one thing. It's about us living it. And I think all of our executive producers or all of our production partners, we have a continuous dialogue. We always make sure to reflect Sweden, not just, of course, the diversity, multicultural, but also every part of Sweden, Uh, different voices, uh, different perspectives. Um, And as much as I would say that we are uh, focusing and really trying hard to ensure it and being on top of it, I still feel uh, sometimes, what happened here? Why are they all white? And why are they all from Stockholm or whatnot? Um, so, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's a constantly organic living material that we are highly aware of. And uh, I, you know, I'm not going to bore you with all the specific protocols or initiatives because uh, that would just, you know, eat uh, all of this time up. But but again, I think that it needs to come organically, though. We don't commission specific shows in order to highlight something just to, you know, because that's contrived. We need to make it organic and natural in everything we do and the stories we want to tell. That's sort of our perspective, I think. Um, but it's hard. What is the difference between quoting something in and actually just uh, making it because it's relevant for whatever circumstance.
1: Marcus, I've I've deliberately come to you last because you're coming at this with two hats on, the SVT hat and also the European Broadcasting Union. Yeah. Here in the UK, Ben Frau, who runs Channel 5, which is a Viacom CBS network, has, has installed a policy that, uh, basically that says no diversity, no commission. If you bring him a pitch yeah. from a production company that is all white or all male, you will not get the commission, however good the idea is. It, does it have to be, are we at that stage now, it has to be that? You're either doing it or you're not? I mean, talk to me about how the EBU is going about it and, yeah. and where you stand on all of it
2: yeah no i think it's 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 of course it's a it's a a topic that's very close to my heart. i am part of the lgbt community a proud member uh and also um it's been part of my my remit at svt so for instance i run our internal Diversity awards that we've hold every year. That has been something SVT has been doing since the early 80s. But in the last five years, we've actually changed the way that award works. And now what we are seeing is that we are getting programs uh, submitted for the awards of a completely different kind and different level than just five years ago. Now they are much more well done. They are more mainstream. They are they are really, really competing with the best of the best, um, and and I think that um, there's a couple of things that we can take with us here. Of course, public service companies will probably have thought more about it because it's part of our remit to service the whole country. We also have in our remit that we need to to do uh, programming for certain minorities specified um, in different languages, etc. But it is easy to agree that it's important with diversity, but it's painful to get it done because we're talking about people of privilege who are running the companies now and the people of privilege have to give space up to other people if you want to see the change happening. And that is the, the only way we can achieve that. So it's all to do with how you define yourself and how you define your culture and what you're about. We have been... For instance, over the last year or so, we've been starting to ask questions about the the, the, the profile of the different companies we tend to work with we feel very comfortable working with all of those uh, companies, but they are very similar to us. So where are the other production companies? Should we be supporting a different group of production companies to see an, an emergence of, of other ways of thinking? And I, I'm very proud to say that the EBU has now put this on the top of their agenda for 2021 uh, to start addressing that both as an organization, but also together with the members. It's extremely difficult to get more than 50 uh, public service companies across Europe to work together on these issues. In some regions, it's a a question of of, uh, just equality, gender equality. In other areas, you're much more advanced. Like in the UK, I think BBC comes across as a very strong role model on a lot of these topics but i think that the the awareness is growing and and the fact that we can uh, share these examples of how we are working uh with in our own companies uh between us is really really helpful so once the EBU sets the ball in rolling, it, it takes a while before the, the effects are being seen, but once they they come through, they can be very very big and, and have a great uh, impact. So, so to me, um, I found it extremely inspiring to attend the Edinburgh uh, TV Festival a couple of years ago when there were several panels discussing diversity issues, and I, I picked up a number of recommendations that came out of the, that those panels uh, and we've been discussing them internally now to see whether we can implement some of them but but it, it takes time and it it is painful to to have these insights and also to manage to act on them so 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 i'm i'm not optimistic that it will go fast but we will need to do it because if we're going to be hiring people in the future, Talent will not want to work at companies that are not uh, responding in the right way and representing the community as a whole. So, so um, I think we, it's a it's a question of survival for for many of us.
1: Again, probably a, a whole panel by itself uh, that one. But I can feel the the pointy finger of my uh, my editor waving in the general direction of the clock. Let's let's try and finish with some takeaway for producers, distributors, both domestic and international, who want to work with you guys, who are probably going to come and and be pitching you either through these dreaded Zoom meetings, or hopefully once again in person at events. What are you looking for? What are you not looking for? What should people bear in mind uh, when they're coming to pitch you? Be that PSB regulations they have to comply with or rights they're going to have to give up. Uh, I'll stick with you, Marcus, for a start. If, uh, If I'm a producer or a distributor of formats, coming to pitch you at SVT, what you're looking for, what you're not looking for?
2: Um, I think uh, basically uh, the whole change in, in consumption and the VOD uh, profile and for SVT has turned the whole need perspective upside down. So uh, don't think of us as a public service company. We need to see all of the different ideas you have. Um, I think, for instance, that we are now seeing that we need some more male-skewing content. We're definitely looking at, at uh, programs or, or content for younger viewers, in our case, younger being the 50 and under, rather than targeting the whole kind of uh, age demographic. Um, and also, I think that in terms of a lesson for the international uh, distributors, rights is something that we need to uh, renew the whole concept around what rights is needed for uh, when you are going to be publishing on on your vods so so that again is is we need to work together to find a good solution on that
1: uh, axel axel if i'm coming to uh to pitch you uh what do i uh, what do i need to know
5: just bring us the best ideas in a way i would say that that all bets are off in a good way i mean and i mean the the, the move from from linear scheduling to 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 a a magic world of of vod it's really opened up a lot and I think uh, it's all about the best ideas and the best stories and the most relevant stories and the most authentic stories and 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 whatever genre it is doesn't really matter so so, so it's about it's about breaking through it's about be, being bold uh yeah so so all bets are off just bring us the best ideas uh and in terms of rights I think that that's again as, as Marcus said it's 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 a new world uh, and we, we need to be we need to be where the audience are or is, and I think that's that's key, and, and that that kind of flexibility. Uh, uh. Is, is necessary and and that that needs to be reflected in the in the rights. Uh, so we, we we need to work with that together. And uh, so discovery was always pretty rights
1: hungry when it was trying to to fill a discovery channel in 196 territories or or, or whatever it is. Is that even more so now? You've got a streamer to go with it or or, or not so much. You can call
5: it rights hungry.
1: That's for
3: 196
5: exactly. But I mean, it's you can call it rights hungry or you can say it's a great opportunity. And I think that's. We've seen so many examples now where, where where content travels in a way that it's never done before. Uh, Estonia is, is the recent example with us that uh, a, a documentary. That that is, I mean, it's a massive story in Sweden. It, it, it of course traveled across Nordics, but now we see it in the UK. So I mean, there's a great opportunity here. And I think if if you look beyond the 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 rights issue, uh, I I think I mean we all we're all in this industry to to tell stories and and to make them make them travel and to make make a difference and, and and to to make big big audience enjoy the stories that we're telling. So I think I think I think that's a way to to look at it. And of course, I mean, it needs to be and healthy. Healthy industry and and it needs to be connected to some kind of of <laughs> I mean money and 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 transfer, that, but, but but again I mean it's. Uh, it's a new world in a way. It's 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 global, and that creates a lot of opportunities. So I think we should should look at it that way. Shopping list for you guys, Catherine.
1: In a, in list, a minute. My
3: God, um, I feel like I'm just repeating everybody else's answers because you know, you mean it's it's same same but different. I would say um, we still need, of course, all the big shows. I mean, I would also say, just as Axel, I mean, bring us the good stuff. You know, all the relevant, authentic close. <laughs> Uh, unique stories, whether in the big costume or in the small costume, with a new take, with a new premise, surprising ideas that are sellable and that can stick out. But something that is really important, obviously, when the competition becomes so global and that we don't just compete. I mean, these are our friends, I would say. I think the big monsters out there with the with the Amazons and the Disneys and the Netflixes and, and whatever YouTubes, we really need to stay very local. I'm not saying that it all needs to be local, but it needs to resonate with our local audience. And that's still our USP. You know, that's still, I think, our competitive advantage against all of these global players is that we do have the local show. So whatever you do pitch even in an international format you know it really needs to be tweaked in a way that it feels local and timely i mean right now for example i think all of the lifestyle shows that that centers around i don't know gardening and homes and you know, in the little shows, when it comes to really the core of what we've done the last year in COVID and in lockdown and finding, you know, time with our families. For example, we've commissioned a show called um, A Farm in the City or something like that. It's a social experiment really, where where villa owners in the suburbs create their own mini farms in their backyard because people actually do that. You know, I live in a house outside outside of Stockholm and, and there's so many people now who have hen houses just the last years. And I think, again, about resonating with the now and whatever feels timely. Uh, that's also an important factor, I think, to really stay close to the temperature of, of, of where people where people are. Um, but, um, of course, VOD-friendly formats and with regards to um, with regards to what Axel and, and Marcus said about rights, full flexibility, I mean, we feed an SVOD, an vod, a linear, and we really need to, in order to maximize uh, the rights uh, and, 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 and get back what we need, we really need to be able to use all of those windows. Uh, to get the best possible results, and that that needs but that requires flexibility, and I think a longer license period as well.
1: Meta, bring up uh, round us up shopping list. What wants and not wants for, for for TV two? What do I need to know if I'm coming to see you?
4: Pretty much all that Catherine said. Um, bring us the best stuff. Um, we are definitely looking for that big next big international hit, but we are also looking for that lovely local developed format that fits TV two just perfectly. So something that can make the big splash and something that sits well with the side guys right now. The what's going on in the state of mind in in the Danes or or that feels timely definitely. Um, Generally speaking, we're looking for a great reality show, something that fits the TV2 DNA, something that's um, we want, something that's that's focused on the relations between people and not so much on the gameplay and conflicts. So, for example, X on the beach, that's not us, but The Bachelor. Yes, that's us. So that's that's the difference. Um we are also looking for uh, a something very noisy um for our young channel Sulu something that can make um, a splash on that channel for for the for the autumn schedule but also work of course on TV2 Play. Um we are definitely looking uh, after transformation TV that what we call it uh, you know where people go through some kind of transformation and um, that of often offers a lot of identification and it's easy to relate to. Um, The next big social experiment, we would have loved to have married at first sight. So something that can do the same thing. Um, lifestyle programs have gotten a revival here at, um, at TV2. We thought the genre was more or less dead a couple of years ago. It didn't really work on streaming, but now that more people are coming to TV2 play, we see that it's definitely working. So something original, a new take on that genre is definitely on our wish list. Um, yeah. And of course we love those big entertainment shows, um, we're definitely looking for something that can, can do some of the same thing as Taskmaster be playfulness, you know, gather the whole family for a fun night. And um, we are going to uh, produce our own version of the Belgian format, the way out. Um, and we are now kind of um, like we're talking about Saturday night evening on TV two as um, laughter and playfulness. So something that can fit within that space. Um, yeah, what else, you know? Mm, we're definitely not looking for any new dating formats. We have all the best we think and some really recurring ones as well. Farmer Wants a Wife, Small to- Town Big Love, and now with The Bachelor and Five Guys a Week coming along, along as well, we feel we're well covered within that genre.
0: Mette Kunal-Pettersen, Marcus Sturkey, Axel Eriksson and Catherine Wernick speaking with Clive Whittingham as part of C21's Content Nordics On Demand. Video versions of all the sessions are available on c21media.net if you're a pro subscriber, and that wraps our coverage from this year's event. But the podcast will be back tomorrow, and in the meantime, stay safe and up-to-date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening.